Hey, Daniel here from Markers on the Map. And this week, the gaming adventure follows another podcast adventure as we delve into Borderlands 3's Director's Cut DLC. We're also looking at some new announcements from Nintendo's Indie World like The Longing and Shredder's Revenge and getting philosophical with Star Wars Republic Commando. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Markers on the Map, and thanks for listening. Spawn figure that Tom McFarlane recently released uh, on his Kickstarter, right? Yeah, I remember the one. It's a very cool figure. Yeah, I uh, missed out on that, and I was really, really depressed that I missed out on it. I ha- to this day, I still don't know why I missed out and didn't buy that. It was only like forty bucks. Yeah, I remember us talking about this on last week's episode, actually. <sighs> and remember how I kept wishing? I was like, oh, I wish upon you know, I, I you know, a couple wishes here and there, wishing upon a star, you know, be like, come on, Todd, just you know, throw me a bone here. Yeah, I remember. Todd did more than just throw a bone. He threw oh, he, he threw a whole buffet did. at me. He this threw man, that that figure that you really wanted at He you. told on his Instagram and Twitter that not only is Gunslinger Spawn having his own comic series, but he's also getting a new figure. Are you more surprised by the comic series or the figure? Because I think they're both kind of equally surprising. Just by this statement alone, if I were if I would have gotten that ninety five figure. But then I would have realized that Gunslinger was coming out. I would have sold my 95 figure for that one. I would have given that one up for that figure. Because Gunslinger Spawn's my favorite. He's my favorite design. He definitely looks cool. I like his Dante coat and his hat. It's just like how I always say. There's always something to look forward to. And hey, maybe you think you missed out on something. But the you know the next best thing is right around the corner. Yeah, Discotech will rescue it. <laughs> He'll, oh, Discotech will for sure rescue that spawn figure. <laughs> and at the same time, you're 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 showing these powers that you have. So I'm telling you, man, will Death Stranding onto PS Plus? <laughs> I I will. It always Death turns out that way. <laughs> Say it here right now. Will right. Death Stranding for May PS Plus? <laughs> All right, honestly, yeah, I want to play Death Stranding. I really do want to play it. I haven't Let's go. picked it up yet, but I want it with the 60 frames patch update. I kind of, I'm really want to, I'm itching for something new. Yeah, I know. Oh, that is actually great news to hear, and you showed me the figure. I thought it looked real cool, and you're getting the figure that you really <sighs> want, too. I really like, want that figure. That. I really Right after the disappointment of missing out on the other one? Yes. The true Spawn figure is here. The real one. This He's my favorite. I like this version of Spawn. He looks very cool. Anyway, guys, welcome once again to Markers on the Map. It is a podcast gaming adventure hosted by me, Daniel, and my co-host, Robert. How have you been this week? Been all right. You know, with that, you know, some news here and there, I've been pretty all right with everything that's been going on. How about you? I've been pretty busy honestly not a ton of time for games again but i did manage to sit down and spend some time with a few of the things that dropped last week uh before we get started today i just wanted to do this at the beginning of the episode this week and really just thank everybody who's listened to the podcast because i've seen the numbers go up and i just wanted to extend a, a big thank you from both of us to anybody who's listened so far anybody who's keeping up and plug our Twitter at Markers on the Map. Now, before we get started today, uh, Robert, I did notice that Domino's, you know, that pizza chain, uh, has some kind of pizza delivery robot car in Houston, I think. Oh, yeah, they did have that. I forgot about yeah, that. Yeah, I was looking at this. I think it's from a company called Nero. And, you know, you're probably thinking... Oh, Daniel's going to say, well, we could do our own pizza delivery car. I'm like, no, no, not this time. Not this time. I want to keep people in jobs. So I say we drop people from not a battle bus, but something else. (laughs) (laughs) 
so that there is still a human element to pizza delivery. <laughs> All through Gameland, on various markers on the map, which are houses, we can send pizza people down. You know? <laughs> Dropping in. Dropping the pizza box in front of your door. No, they'll 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 go down. Like they will jump out and use a parachute and it'll be like delivery. Or if it gets pizza. stuck in a tree. Ooh. Do any of these battle royale games ever feature getting stuck in a tree? I mean I'll you get stuck on a roof do. of a building. True. Maybe there's a design flaw that we'd have to fix to make sure that there's like an automated like thing that puts people down in the right spot but then we lose the human element that's i don't know true. i just had this going around in my head because i see these pizza delivery cars and i'm like that's boring why not pizza delivery battle right i don't want to call it a battle bus because i'm not really into fortnite but basically <laughs> what if you remember that nes game paperboy i do actually why don't we bring those back to deliver pizzas just the paper boy? Yeah, just a guy on a bicycle riding around just throwing the pizzas at the at the doorway. That kind of reminds me element. of Spider-Man, like the first one. I can't remember if he rode a bicycle or like a motorbike. <laughs> but oh, like the Sam, the Sam Raimi Spider-Man? Yeah. He rode like some type of he's just strapped an engine on a on a bicycle probably. <laughs> That's what it looked like. In all Keep the human element in pizza delivery. I've seen what happens to robots in a game I played this week. <laughs> so, but we do have a little bit of news to cover. So why don't we get cracking on that? This week, Nintendo had a brand new Indie World showcase. Those are always fun. That's where we get introduced to things like Cyber Shadow, which ended up being one of the coolest games I've ever played in a while. So they did kind of a... Surprise Indie uh, World today got announced uh, yesterday. Well, the day we're recording it, it was played and it got announced the day before. Um, and they announced a couple of things that I thought looked interesting. And a couple of updates, I guess. Um, the first is Road 96. I can't remember if we saw this at an Indie World, Robert, or if we saw it somewhere else. But this is that one where you take a road trip and there are multiple different ways the game can go. It's like procedurally generated. No, I remember this one. Yeah, where, the, where have you seen it though where i can't remember I if can't it was remember. on a playstation state of play or like the last indie showcase or something it's maybe have to look maybe have to look it up after this or something yeah. but we've seen it before um they showed some gameplay i i forget the exact number of how many like different ways the game can basically go are but it was in the thousands like the hundreds of thousands it, it looks really cool i mean it's one of those games I think you're going to have to play, sit down, and spend some time with to get the gist of it. Because the trailer is not going to be able to show you, you know, hundreds of thousands of different outcomes. Um, but I am looking forward to this um, still. It looks like it's going to be a chill, good time. See, now, here's my question. I mean, that's cool and all, but when are we going to get a remastered of that Penn & Teller game? Desert crazy Bus? bus? <laughs> Desert Bus, yeah. What if this is just a sequel to Desert Bus? What if it is just a sequel? And then you just get picked up by Penn and Teller, and then they just drive you to Vegas. They could they could have a... Like, there's voice acting in this and characters and stuff that you meet, like different characters and different, you know, situations you can find yourself in. So maybe Desert Bus is one of them. You never are know. You, are, you, are you hearing us, uh, developers of <laughs> Road 96? Put Penn and Teller in. Put them in. Just put a slap, slap them in the game. DLC. Uh, the next game that was shown on the Indie World was Aerial Knights Never Yield. This is a, it's a 3D runner game, and it's got like a hip-hop soundtrack. It's like in a Japanese-influenced version of Detroit, from as far as I can tell. Um, I guess they're going to do a demo as well. And it just looks real cool. I'm a fan of the music. And yeah, not much else to say. Like, there's not a whole lot to say because the trailers were so brief because there was like 20 games here, but I actually like the look of this thing. The the neon-infused Japanese-style Detroit is very cool. They did some Annapurna games after that, and that is... If, if you don't know Annapurna, they do a lot of those games that people would classify as walking simulators. They're more or less artistic-type games. Um, so they announced Last Stop in Hindsight and showed little trailers for, for them. If you are not familiar with Annapurna, but you've been on PS Plus, 
Um, the game Maquette would be a great introduction to that type of game. Um, as we talked about uh, quite a while back, Maquette is a puzzle game where you are solving puzzles through making things bigger or smaller through three different sizes and moving objects to like you put a bri- like you put a bridge on a little model city and on the outside you'll have the big city and a giant bridge will be there. So there's stuff like that. Okay. Uh, there's also Ali Ali World, which is like the evolution of like the original Ali Ali and Ali Ali Two. Um, this one looks like it has characters and missions and a nice new art style. I don't know if you've ever played Ali Ali Robert, but it is a 2D side scroller skateboarding game, and it's it's kind of cool. Uh, it's pretty fun. I've never heard of this game. I think they gave the first one away on Plus years ago but they have two of them now and now this is like a story-based one almost from what i can tell and this one's called world like all yeah. the world all maybe the it's world. like need for speed world need for speed pac-man world pac-man world <laughs> now i'm not as excited for this next one as i am for the ninja turtles game of course but right. this is definitely the most interesting game uh we saw at the indie world it's called the longing and The Longing is a very slow-paced game where you play as a little shadow dude. And he moves slow, does tasks very slow. I thought but, you said he does tax very slow. This man, I thought you said he was following his taxes. No, he does tasks very slow. <laughs> <I heard> <laughs> so he does ta- tax slow, alright? So the game comes with a countdown of 400 days. And this time... And I did confirm this. This time passes in real time. 400 days. Alright. So, it passes whether you're playing the game or not. And I, I think I read that you could reach an ending before 400 hours. but Or not 400 hours, 400 days. <laughs> but it, this game will run 400 days with an actual real-time clock. All so right. they, I, I read that they put like full entire public domain books in this game to read. So, I'm actually really interested in this. The art style is very creepy, but also endearing at the same time. And it looks just like a really interesting little curiosity. It, like an, like a curiosity on the level of something like Moon um, that we talked about way back in last year. I'm very interested in this. It came out today. Oh, so it's starting today. Yeah. And I guess the countdown of 400 days starts as soon as you turn the game on. Oh, so it's it's not 400 days for everyone. It's just, in the sense of it's not... From when you start. Yeah, it's from when you start. And I was like, is this for real? <laughs> so I looked it up, and sure enough, um, it just, the time passes while you're not playing as well. Which makes me wonder, when that 400 days is up, could you start a new game if you felt like it? <laughs> Hopefully, or... Or would you just have a blank zero timer and just be able to freely explore? What would it be if you were to not touch the game for, like, a whole... 100 days i guess you just log back in and there'd be 300 days left is what i'm imagining that's what i'm thinking i don't know pretty that's pretty insane i am actually curious enough to want to try this out so we might be talking about the longing next week (laughs) it has it has my curiosity yeah the next game they announced also comes out this week it's called there is no game wrong dimension it looks like a combination it's like a point and click thing but it looks like so many different games and genres smash into one it almost feels like uh, WarioWare, although it's not it's not micro games but it just looks like there's like an rpg part there's like a part where you're bouncing a ball to hit letters all kinds of cool stuff all right with with that being said the highlight i think here is the shredder's revenge and I remember the launch trailer for this happening, what, three, four weeks ago? Every, like, they showed some gameplay of this. It's so fast for a beat-em-up. It's like a miracle. Because we know things like Streets of uh, Rage 4 were, were deliberately paced on purpose. This feels like a game where it's a modern-day beat-em-up, basically. The characters are moving at quick speeds. They are doing really cool, like, elaborate moves, like Donatello's spin attack that just keeps knocking out enemies. I actually can't wait for this. Bro, I've been, I said, I've been waiting for a, a beat-em-up Turtles game for a, a long time. Uh, last one was Turtles in Time. That was, like, 
94. That was in the, somewhere in the early 90s, 92 and 94. Yeah. But with everything being fast-paced, that's such a good plus because going back to old, I have like Final Fight 2. I have the Spawn video yeah. game. They're super bundle. slow. Yeah, they're super slow. And you just really... Because obviously the premise of beat-em-ups back in the day were just to eat up quarters or quarter, uh, you know... Arcade suckers. games. Yeah, arcade they're, machines. They're arcade machines. They're meant to suck up quarters. So in that sense, now it's just like, well, instead of... Beat-em-ups are not in their heyday anymore. I mean, like Obviously, the early 90s, mid-90s was their, you know, hype. And they kind of, you know, dwindled and stuff like that. So... For everyone who still sticks with Beatmouth, so it's like we still do, it's happy and good to see that they're just making the game fun. Yeah, and we've had some great ones um, in the past couple of years, like River City Girls, um, the Scott Pilgrim video game got re-released, Streets of Rage 4, and all that stuff. They've re-released some of the old ones. It kind of makes me wonder, what's going to be the one to really give it its Hades moment? Is it going to be this? Because then I feel like they might do... Look, they're doing a triple A roguelike with Returnal. Maybe at some point we'll get a triple A beat 'em up esque game. It'll be Spawn. And Spawn will do it. They could do a Spawn one. That'd Come be on, awesome. Todd. Todd. I'm on. I'm throwing ideas out here. <laughs> and we could, I guess, count maybe Yakuza Zero as a triple A beat 'em up, but at the same time, that's got a lot more going for it than just being a beat 'em up. But. It, may, it, may, it makes me wonder how Returnal will be being a triple-A roguelike. So we'll have to test those waters with the roguelike genre first. So, other games. Chris Tales. That's one that's been announced for a while. It's like a RPG, turn-based RPG. Not really liking how the gameplay looks, but the art style is amazing. And then they are doing a roguelike called Getsu Fumaden Undying Moon, which looks like Castlevania, but roguelike but also Samurai. Hmm. And the interesting thing about this for me is that it's uh, Konami. <laughs> oh, it's Konami. Wait, what? Now, li- you, you may know Konami from their, their recent hits, like uh, Super Bomberman R, uh, the Yu-Gi-Oh! game for Switch and PS4, and the Contra game for Switch. But you might also know them from some of their older, more obscure titles like Metal Gear Solid and Silent Hill. Okay, though Konami just announces and that's just weird. Yeah, um, and actually, this game looks really cool. I thought it's they were got, sticking like, to pachinko machines. Yeah, with with really high res cutscenes for Metal Gear Solid Three Snake Eater. <laughs> Man, so this is a roguelike, I guess, and obviously the inspiration and elements are there so some of the bosses look really cool there's like a three-headed dragon they showed three or four i want to say and like a skeleton monster so it got me thinking is this just like going to be the 2d sekiro it's a roguelike so we know it's going to be hard and uh, 2d sekiro yeah i, I don't imagine know that. <laughs> it looks really cool though i'm liking how it looks i'll just get through the rest of these real quick because they're actually pretty cool too um they're doing uh lienzo is doing Aztec Forgotten Gods. It takes, like, the Aztec aesthetic and melds it with future styles. Um, so if you get a chance to check out the trailer, dear listeners, it's really cool. And at, at first I was like, hmm, what is this? And then I saw, like, some of the gameplay, and I'm like, oh, wow, this really, look, really looks cool. And another one that I thought was interesting is another roguelike called Skull the Hero Slayer, where you change abilities by changing your head you're like a little skull dude and so there's technically 90 different powers you can do and this game just looks like the epitome of cool things happening on screen that fills the screen with colors and health bars and it just looks like real like a ton of fun um it it is a roguelike so it's probably going to be similar to dead cells but i'm keeping my eye out for this one it's coming out this summer and then they wrapped it up with Oxenfree 2. Oxenfree is a popular indie game that I don't know much about, so the trailer really didn't do anything for me. And then they showed a little sizzle reel. House of the Dead remake. This, I did hear. I did yeah. see this. House of the Dead is getting a remake coming this year. <laughs> I'm very in- I like, have you played House of the Dead? I have, in some way, shape, or form. I don't know if it was the original, but I have played a House of the Dead at an arcade at some point. I love House of the Dead. I love that game. 
little bit of light gun action on the Switch. How, how it reminds that me work? of the Resident Evil Donkey Kong Country crossover that was rumored here on our podcast. That was a light gun game. How would that work on the Switch, though? Probably with some pointer controls. Do they have a, a labo for that? Like a labo attachment that could yeah. be for pointer controls? Actually, the gun do, right? came with the VR, I think, the blaster. Yeah. That would be cool if they could... Inc- I mean, I know they probably won't, but <laughs> it would be cool. Actually, you could probably just stick the the Joy-Con into the blaster and, and do it from there. Yeah. I hope I hope it's compatible. That's actually pretty cool. That'd be cool. You know what? That makes me want to build my Labos because I have all of them and I have not built them. <laughs> it's just... then They're just in the closet. Yep. All right. So that's Indie Direct or Indie World. Um, the rest of our news stories this week are real quick. So... Ryu and Chun-Li, famous characters from Fortnite, are coming to Battle for the Grid, that Power Rangers game. (laughs) That caught me off guard. (laughs) Have you seen the costumes? Yes, I have seen the costumes. Never have I wanted to invest in Battle for the Grid more than I do right this moment. (laughs) Come on, they're from Fortnite. (laughs) <laughs> famous characters from fortnite come on yeah where else could they be from it's certainly not street fighter now think about this street fighters having their final season right yeah what if hear me out what if a battle for the grid character is a spe- is the special guest he's the secret character you want to know something when i saw this yesterday that was the first thing that came to my head so i was already prepared to say it's got to be gokai yellow <laughs> Yes, it has to be Because Gokai Yellow is not only my favorite character in Power Rangers Sentai history, but she is also, like, one of the very few characters in Battle for the Grid. Battle for the Grid does not have a lot of characters, but I would... It it doesn't have a lot of the normal characters. It has a lot of the, like, more varied characters. It has characters you wouldn't expect. Most likely they'll have Tommy Green Ranger from Mighty Morphin, most likely. Or Sea Viper, which is... Clearly, probably the clear ads. Yeah, clearly, <laughs> what if it's Nazi Viper? I don't know because I do like the idea of Street Fighter just saying no. We're not. We're we're gonna put Ryu and Chun Li and everything, but nah, we don't need a crossover character. They're the only ones that are still just not crossing over. Hmm. We'll see. We're gonna have to wait and see. Yeah. Hopefully soon. Uh, there was a PS5 update this week. It lets you put your PS5 games on USB storage, and it does cross-gen share play so if you don't have a ps5 and you'd like to try some ps5 games um you can do that now through cross-gen share play which i thought was pretty interesting did you happen to get the update yet i've not turned on my ps5 yet yeah i've gotten it uh they've done a couple other little things like with part of the party system i like what they've done with it did they change it back to the old one no it's not probably they just split it right yeah they just split split it it, which i think that's still nice um, did you get a chance to check out the trophy stats thing that they're doing now? No, I, have, I didn't okay. know that was a thing. That's what I'm most interested in. It's probably not a huge thing, but yeah. So there's a PS5 update. Um, here's here's an interesting one. Some Ubisoft games are going to lose their multiplayer. And, you know, we don't play any of these specifically, like Rainbow Six Vegas, Vegas 2, Lockdown, or Ghost Recon Future Soldier. And if you're on PC, Assassin's Creed 2, Far Cry 2 and a splinter cell conviction i believe but this just this makes me think back to twisted metal and how i could really go for some twisted metal online right about now but that the servers close on these things so these online multiplayer things they're not they're not permanent fixtures yeah uh, eventually i mean i i would only assume they would only take them down if there wasn't enough player a player base to justify keeping it on that is also true um twisted metal itself was never supremely popular or anything i i I know i was on there most days when it came out and there was a a decent sized community but not something as substantial as your your average battle royale or free-to-play shooter or something like that yeah it it takes time effort space and money to to keep these servers up yeah um and then I guess people have found ways to, to run multiplayer even after the fact. So it's just their servers are, are going down for these. And uh, it, it is a shame. And you do pose a good reason for why that happens. But the fact still stands. 
I could really go for some Twisted Metal multiplayer right about That's all this is really about? You want to play Twisted Metal? I do want to play some Twisted... I've been thinking about it. Ever since Destruction All-Stars came out, I've been really thinking about Twisted Metal 2012 and how I want to play it again, because I was so good at that game. I was, I, it was like the rare case where I'm good at online multiplayer. I don't know why they I just don't that. add Twisted Metal characters to that game. They should. I'm wait. I'm waiting for that DLC announcement. It's got to be there. And then we have a, some tiny little things to end our news section with today. They're coming out with a new Switch Lite. They say it's dark blue, but it reminds me of GameCube purple, and I kind of want it. Yeah, <laughs> have you seen Game it? Boy Advance purple. Game Boy That's GameCube. the first one yeah. I had. It looks so nice. <laughs> it does, but I already have the original Switch, so I, I should. I'm fine. Yeah, I, I have a regular Switch, but I also have a Switch Lite. I have the the Pokemon Sword and Shield one, but it looks so nice. It's like, wow, what a nice-looking console. Nintendo knows how to... Well, I think knowing me, you know Nintendo knows how to, to get me. <laughs> I mean, but there's that rumor of the Switch Pro. Yes, I really want that Switch Pro, because running Monster Hunter Rise at 60 frames is, like, number one on my list right now. That would be the more game. than Death Stranding. Because <laughs> I mean, how many hours have you put in that game now? Fifty-five or something like that. I've I've done all high rank, low rank, and village missions. We'll just get that out of the way so we don't have to bring it up during games. <laughs> <laughs> I've conquered that game, so I'm gonna just try. I'm I'm using this week to play other games. So yeah, and they announced Neo: The World Ends with You coming out on July twenty-seventh. I want to use this to say we'll have an episode about World Ends With You at some point in the future. Um, or at least we'll dedicate some time to it. Because uh, I want to talk about the DS version and not the Switch version, which was pretty disappointing. And as usual, we have a delay. Deathloop, again. Delayed till September 14th. It was originally scheduled to come out next month in May. Can't say I'm surprised. Uh, no, with everything, like we said, everything being delayed is not a surprise. Yeah, I, I saw this article on IGN that said the 21 games delayed in 2021. And I was like, 21 games were going to come out this year? <laughs> Actually, that's a lot of games that did get delayed. Yeah, that is a lot. That's a good It's chunk. understandable, though. Yeah. Um, we're going we're gonna to see our like our first breakthrough of a delayed game finally coming out at the end of this month with Returnal. And just as a little nod here, our day of recording this podcast episode is the twenty no the twentieth anniversary of Animal Crossing. Happy anniversary, Animal Crossing! No, oh, twenty years. <laughs> and twenty years and two hundred and twenty hours of New Horizons, and I'm still playing. <laughs> <laughs> There's probably someone still playing one of the old G Animal Crossing to this day, like the N64 one from Japan. Probably. Yeah, it's pretty cool if you it. keep up with that. People are definitely still playing New Leaf. Um, and I had some of the Sanrio villagers move into my uh, uh, island because I opened up my pack of cards. So. Oh, nice. Anyway, that'll do it for news. Oh, but wait, wait, wait. I have something here. What it's a got? Nintendo Direct rumor. And this rumor is sponsored by Markers on the Map presents Trial by Energy Drink. Not that Mountain Dew Rise. Which I bought, but haven't tried yet. <laughs> oh boy. But this week's flavor is overleveled orange. And it's for a little game. Ooh, maybe it's a big game. Bubsy the Clubsy. Being the adventures of a young bobcat whose principal interests are yarn, puns, and the Sega Genesis. Glass shatters at the top floor of the scratchy skyscraper. It flies forward, and a bobcat cloaked in a black suit flies outward. Record scratch! Fleas frame! Bet you're wondering how I got here. Well, it's a long story, but we got all day, so take a listen. Bubsy returns in an all-new Bond-inspired adventure in The Clubsy, featuring such lines as, don't worry, madam. I always land on my feet, and I'll take it shaken, not furred. Pilot's license? What for? Pilot's license? What for? <laughs> Bubsy becomes a super-secret spy on a mission to infiltrate the legendary Scratchy Skyscraper. Take a look at all my cool new gadgets. 
Use the laser pen to entrance enemies into a feline-like state by making them chase a pointer through the narrow, dark hallways of the building as Bubsy tackles the skyscraper one floor at a time. Use the tranquilizer gun to subdue foes with some porcupine quills he picked up from Donkey Kong Country 2. Or knock them out completely by using salvaged copies of the E.T. game for the Atari that Bubsy found on his most recent summer trip. But why? Why am I, the Prince of Personality, Bubsy, tasked with ascending this tower? Legend has it that the top floor of the skyscraper is known as the Ninth Live Club, an exclusive members-only area where some of the shadiest deals in the city go down. Well, I couldn't have said it better myself! What's a spy game without some spies? It's a third-person espionage action game where Bubsy has the upper hand but can easily just get caught by fearsome foes. But the club itself is only the beginning of the game. When a shadowy green arm extends itself to send Bubsy flying from the top floor. Who will save me? Who indeed, wonders the figure within. It's nothing. Go back to your business. This is just like an ordinary night at Nathan Drake's house. Climb your way out of the depths of despair. Gather clues and unravel an ever-evolving mystery bigger than any quest Bubsy has ever embarked on. Drive around the dopest Catston Martin you've ever seen and continue to earn new and impressive gadgets, weapons, and sunglasses so that you're the coolest Bubsy you can be. Take part in poker tournaments, golf matches, even knit new sweaters using the game's all-new knitting engine, sure to be a staple of all major AAA games going forward. Tackle endless challenges in the Coliseum facing waves of enemies to improve your stats, and even play an in-universe trading card game complete with over 1,000 cards and a unique rule set. We're going after that physical release kit starter. If you can dream it, you can be it, as Bubsy takes countless disguises. All of this on the way to his ultimate goal, a return to the tower to end the reign of this name-dropping mascot torn straight from the 90s. It's Bubsy the Clubsy, and you're invited only on Nintendo Switch. Sold. I'm sold. Pilot's license? What for? Pilot's license? What for? Come on. It's Bubsy. When's the last time you played Bubsy? Uh, last year, actually. When we played the Wooly Strike Back. A very odd game with a very difficult second boss for whatever reason. I mean, I mean, it is Bubsy and he's returning, but think about this. It has to live up to Bubsy 3D. It does have to live up to Bubsy 3D. It's got some big shoes to fill. Now, you can put all trading card game in. You could put poker tournaments, golf tournaments. You could put open world. You could put a Catston Martin car. But if it's not better than Bubsy 3D, then why make it? I mean, he's a cult classic. He's on the same level as, like, Mario and Sonic. He's up there. Yeah. Bubsy's a legendary video game character. You know who's not legendary? Actually, you know what? I take that back. He is legendary. The other character, the villain of this piece, the one that the one that keeps telling about something going on at someone's house. I'd say, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, maybe not quite as legendary. I don't know, man. I'm not See, talking about Glover. You probably think I'm talking about Glover. <laughs> I mean, no, Glo- Glover is no one can beat Glover. He's the original. Yeah. But as as for this one, I don't know. I'm gonna have to see the first trailer to really, and you know, think about yeah. it because nothing can beat Bubsy 3D. I'm I'm cautious. I'm I'm, I'm gonna tiptoe around the point that Bubsy 3D, a legendary game, is 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 the one to beat here. But I but I mean, well, all due respect, all due respect. I'm sold. I'm sold too. Not gonna I'm lie. Sold. <laughs> this better come out. I'm looking at you, about Doug Bowser. Make it happen, accolade. <laughs> Oh, E3's coming up. E3 is coming up. Ooh. All right, all right. One of these rumors has to come true by E3 or at E3. One of them. Anyway. So, we played a few games this week. Let's start with the Borderlands 3 to Director's Cut. So, I guess the gist of the story is that Ava decided to copy us and get herself a podcast. Like usual. <laughs> no, she, she copied Claptrap. Because Claptrap has a podcast. Um, I thought that it was cool to have a little bit more story and definitely some new areas in the planets we've already seen. The new areas were pretty cool. The lore itself was pretty awesome as well with like a seer, not to be confused with the seer from Sonic Underground, um, but there was a seer who was like 
unveiling these premonitions about what would happen to the people that Ava was basically following on her podcast. All right, so as it starts off, we get a new raid boss and those new side missions. But since we're talking about Ava real quick, um, I like the aesthetic of everything. The whole just idea of what it is, is Ava starting a podcast, which obviously since we're doing a podcast, is a- it actually it does have a deeper meaning now. Not that it's a deep meaning, yeah. but it's just funnier because we get the jokes that they're making. Some of the things she was saying are some of the things I say. Yes. Uh, there's a part where she said, you know how hard it is to make a name for a podcast? And yeah. you were literally were just like, yes, I do actually. If if we if if I had been able to come up with a name quicker, this podcast would have probably started a month before it did. <laughs> but I was like, I want something unique that is like that makes sense as a gaming joke, and also is not taken. Yes, as Ava's character, I don't think there's any doubt that Ava's the most. She's not the most hated, but as. All the other, like, we've seen Tiny Tina, we've seen Tor, we've seen, like, all these classic characters. Uh, Claptrap, Butt Stallion, just a lot of classics. You can go on and on. Ellie, Scooter. She, I don't know, she just didn't feel, everyone, I, I guess she's the quote-unquote most hated character. But, obviously, there's worse characters in her. But She, she definitely follows a traditional hero's journey type, you yeah. know, scenario. Um, I think... This DLC did give her um, some great characterization, though, and I felt yes. a lot better about the character uh, after we completed the story, even though it was brief. Yes, I actually did like Ava in this uh, new DLC. I really did. Um, I was strongly against like just hating her because I, I don't know the whole hero trope and all. I, I just, I was just like, I'm over it. But I really did like Ava after this. She was pretty all right. Maybe it's because we can sympathize with her. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to spoil too much. Um, which it got me an idea because when you go in her room, she has a poster and it got me thinking, we don't have a poster. We don't have a poster. (laughs) Maybe we should make a poster. Yeah. Actually, I've been thinking about making a poster for that Nintendo Direct rumor that we did last week. We've done 30 (laughs) episodes. She she hasn't even done an episode. She made a poster. We're 30 episodes first. We gotta get a poster. (laughs) Now we gotta get, get a poster. But, uh, Ava character i really like it i said i don't want to spoil a lot but there's a lot of funny jokes it's it's very great it's brief writing yeah it was it was a good kind of brief and we did get four brand new areas out of it on the on the major planets so these are never before seen areas that i can't remember if there was like paths that looked like they could have been areas there before or if they added them with this but i appreciated the fact that they took us somewhere new yes i really do like the writing i think the writing's pretty good in this dlc which yeah. now here's my theory that we've discussed during our run originally there was rumors that dlc 4 was going to be an ava like dlc that was going to be focused on ava but then he changed that to focus on creek yeah i remember hearing that rumored um it was never really confirmed i don't think but i remember hearing that it might have been an ava themed dlc because it made sense to do one after the way that the the vanilla story ends yeah so my theory is they just saved that not necessarily saved it but they didn't scrap it they just kept some ideas of that whatever they got finished and just added to this uh season yeah, and it definitely two. makes it seem like she's going to have a more prominent role in, in, in a potential fourth Borderlands game. Um, I think we can expect to see her in uh, a Lilith-type role in the next game. See, now, there's there's a director's cut. Uh, because obviously in the main menu is director's cut. Yeah. Um, mega spoilers if you haven't played Borderlands 3. Um, if you want to play you know listen listen to the story watch the story play the story do all that but uh one of the things i feel like i made ava really really annoying i guess is that when obviously her mentor maya you know character from borderlands 2 uh you know dies in that storyline there's in the director's cut there's a scrapped maya's funeral and i don't know why they scrapped it i really like that premise and cutscene because you remember in Borderlands 2 when Roland told Lilith not to come to Angel's, uh, like, like hideout? Remember that? Yeah. And then, like, Roland gets, you know, he gets 
you know, he gets got by Handsome Jack, and then he gets taken, and then Lily gets taken by Handsome Jack. So, you know, in in this story, Ava blames everyone, or she blames herself, and all this stuff like that. And in the, in that cut 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 uh, cut scene, it shows Ava being like, "It's all my fault." But then Lily's like, "Trust me, I understand what you're going through." And I was just like, "I don't know why they cut this scene out." Yeah, I guess it sheds more light on this whole trope that you know Ava's the the apprentice type character who does something to get the mentor killed and this is this is something that's been around in stories for ages but i guess if that cutscene sheds more light on on the fact that that's what's happening here um i see no reason that it had to get cut either i actually have not watched it yet but i heard it was on there no yeah um so one it, it it builds a bigger picture in the sense of Ava does feel regret and does feel like it's her it was her fault but it also gives it another picture where it's like now Lilith does have something in common with her they both lost someone they cared about and they kind of blame themselves for it but then Lilith obviously tends to realize that it wasn't her fault you know and I really I don't know why I just really hope I really wish they kept that because then it would have built Ava's character better but I really do like that they built Ava's character in this DLC yeah, it definitely was a good... It was like, what, 90 minutes total for the four missions? Yeah, it was pretty still easy. sizably decent, I would say. So, other other than that, don't want to don't say uh, not much else because I don't want to spoil none of that uh, season Yeah, past that, that, there's some lore in there that's definitely worth yeah. like playing through and seeing yourself uh, towards the so end. So then, other than that, we've got a new raid boss. Yeah, um, another Invincible... And I was pleasantly shocked that we beat it in, like, five hits on No Mayhem. <laughs> okay, so, true of Alt Hunter, No Mayhem, it was, like, five five seconds, it was yeah, done. it was over. <laughs> and I said, come on, we, we got this. Put on Mayhem 10, we got it. And I maintain that the, the only reason that I had it, and I did die once, um, but every time I went down... This boss, this invincible, I'm forgetting the name, um, shoots out like ad bombs. So shoots out a bunch of enemies that are like bombs that take one hit so you can get a second wind really easily. Um, and it did it did take a while, but it looked like insane Diablo levels of flashing lights and numbers just popping up everywhere on the screen. And lo and behold, there was a second invincible there. Okay, I don't... It is backstory. So when we did it the first time, there was only one. It was a Varkid. I believe. I, be, I don't know that's the name of the boss, but the enemy is a Varkid. Yeah. Uh, they're those like mosquito, giant mosquito-looking bugs that like make a, a, a like a what is it? A cocoon, and they like you know they start uh, they start morphing into bigger, badder versions of themselves. So I believe what happened on the second run is that only did we have the actual invincible in the fight, but we had another one that just we damaged it, but I don't think we it got ended to that up, point. Yeah, I don't think we ended up killing it. So it kept just morphing and morphing until it got to that point where I think it might turn into an invincible. So there was two. Yeah, it's like that uh, Borderlands Two thing where one of the Varkids could become an invincible right in that one area. Yes, and the, the one where you do Mighty Morphin. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. I just liked the amount of chaos that was happening on my screen with that it was very i don't know what it is <laughs> it's like monster hunter rise online when when there's four people just wailing on something with all the flashing like sparks or from the sword but just seeing the hundreds and thousands of numbers just pop it up on our screens was pretty cool i guess that was my favorite part of the raid boss <laughs> uh compared to other raid bosses i like it uh, a little bit too easy in the sense of i really like what's what's the second one called the second raid Oh, the the Guardian Breach. The Guardian Breach. I like that. I like that raid boss. Um, yeah. I don't like the raid that much. In realistic, it's only like one thing. It's just the uh, the, the, the landing pads. zones. Yeah, the, the light the pads. Pad. Yeah, the light, that's the only one. I that's the only thing I don't like. I'm not big on the jumping puzzles. <laughs> I like I like that raid boss, but I would say this is like high higher low end raid boss. It's yeah. pretty good, but it's not I don't, that great. I don't mind that it's uh, easy. I, as somebody who's fought like Emperor Callus, I don't mind that the raid boss is easy, or doesn't That's have some true. kind of buff or debuff that you have to get, or some kind I of mean, puzzle mechanic. 
Good thing they're not Borderlands 2 raid bosses. Yeah, like Master G. Oh, <laughs> I did that once and I'm like, nope, not doing it again. <laughs> we haven't done him like max level though. That's the problem. Oh boy. One of these days. More like never, dude. I haven't even done it. <laughs> Actually, I bought Borderlands collection on Switch. So I haven't tried yet. It's like maybe you it's did. time to start a brand new uh, gauge on Borderlands 2. Gets Can a you little... believe how much content is there? That's a. I mean, the level cap in Borderlands 2 is 80. Yeah. <laughs> and that's just two. And between 1, 2, and pre-sequel, there's like, what, 16 characters? <laughs> I think DLC, standalone DLC alone when it first came out was worth over 120 bucks. Yeah. Yeah, overall, the Borderlands 3 um, director's cut is pretty good. I do have one complaint. What's the complaint? So... The um, challenge cards, they're pretty cool. I really like the rewards and everything. Mm-hmm. But the daily and weekly challenges themselves seem more like, you know, mobile game dailies. Like log in and defeat 10 Skags or log in and defeat 10 Guardians. And it's just like, to me, I felt like maybe they could have come up with a little more variety. Like maybe going through a zone and not having to worry about trying to find, you know, 20 ratch. You get what I mean? Like, they uh, could have made the challenges a little more like, go do this zone or go defeat this boss or something like that. But it's like a it's like a scavenger hunt for random enemies you might find in random areas. So it's mostly like, it, it feels like I'm logging into a mobile game to do my, like, daily click here to power up this space or whatever i don't know it's just like the part that doesn't mesh well with me i don't know i'm kind of whatever about it it's not too bad i mean at least you get xp for the challenge chests bar by just playing the game and the challenges themselves only give you bonuses to that yeah but i don't know i like that some of the challenges say like complete a circle slaughter which i think most yeah, people tend to forget challenge. that's a thing. Yeah, like those sums that people tend to forget. But I had one that was like, defeat 30 enemies in a cyclone. So I went around Eden 6 for like 10 minutes and picked off some enemies with the cyclone. I'm like, this is, there, there could have been a little bit more of an inspired challenge. Um, What I do like is that I heard as the challenge cards come out, since they are repeatable and they don't go away... Um, at some point, there will be like nine challenges at once because there will be three cards. So if you mm. happen to not get what you want or you need to repeat some of the challenges, you can keep stacking them up. So that's pretty cool. I, I think the way you need to look at the cards and the challenges, don't play Borderlands 3 doing challenges. Just play Borderlands 3 and you'll get the challenges done. Yeah. That's that's what kind of why I wish they did it in like complete this zone because yeah. if you if you go on and you do a zone of borderlands 3 that is fulfilling that's a that's a good 20 minutes of of just playing a game it's not like oh i found my 19th ratch in this cave but i've <laughs> cleared the area so i guess i'll have to either save quit and reset or go to a different area to find one more stuff like that i don't know it's just yeah it, i get it that almost point, feels though. destiny-esque and, yeah, i kind of you know, i kind of feel that <laughs> yeah so that is Borderlands 3 Director's Cut. And we, of course, will still be doing a Borderlands episode in the future when the dust really settles on the game because we, we really got to get into this. <laughs> a couple more things we got that I tried out this week. So I did play Pac-Man 99. Mm-hmm. Um, oh my god, it's awesome. <laughs> it's way better than I thought it was going to be. It, it's actually way better than it has any right to be. Uh, I've only played a little bit, but the amount of sheer chaos that goes on with, like, eating the ghost trains, sending them off to people, controlling... I think you give Pac-Man a stat boost of, like, terrain for a ghost train or speed or power or normal, and then you can choose who to attack, kind of like Tetris 99. It doesn't really explain to you what these things do. You kind of have to figure it out for yourself, but I'm really enjoying it so far almost enough i think to maybe get some of the dlc packs because you can turn your pac-man board into like a like people running around or like galaga or cars or something so 
Um, I will keep playing and see how I feel after that. But what I really wanted to get to today uh, is Republic Commando. And this is what I was saying. I, I, I have these, like... But before we started the podcast, I used to tweet a lot. Like, if you follow me on Twitter, um, you would see that I tweet a lot of, like rants you could call them rants but sometimes it's rant good rants and so this this will be kind of like one of those but um i'm not finished with republic commando yet this is that star wars game but i just what was going through my head robert is that i've been wanting to play this game for 16 years because it came out in february 2005 Mm -hmm. so you kind of hold something up like that as like an object of mysticism something I, I don't think there's any other game that i've wanted to play for that long that i haven't already played um so it, this game is in a weird position where it's like i've been wanting to play this for 16 years and i'm finally getting to play it i will say that it as a shooter it's very archaic you can modernize the controls and everything but the the like the ethos of it is very archaic Mm-hmm. There's no collectibles. There's no exploration. It's really more or less straight corridors and going through little areas. Um, I'm not a big fan of the having to constantly tell your squad mates to go heal uh, because there's no health regen because, of course, the sensibilities of this game were 2005 sensibilities. So if you come across a health thing and everybody's down, you will have to heal yourself with the health thing and then individually send everyone else at the health thing ammo is very scarce the weapons aren't quite interesting i think the biggest thing for me here is that the story as as a star wars you know star wars is probably my favorite property of entertainment on the planet and i would say i'm i'm an even bigger star wars fan now than when i was a kid so the story does a lot for me. The lore here does a lot for me, especially like really always being interested in the Republic Commando. But the game itself, I can't help but feel like if I got to play this, when I saw a friend play it for five or ten minutes back in 2005, if I actually got my hands on this game in 2005, I would have thought that it is the absolute coolest thing i've ever seen but i play it nowadays and i'm like having played so many games since then it's just like this is a shooter from 2005 with a good backdrop and story to go along with it i'm not awfully impressed by the game itself and as somebody who likes older games and can tolerate it i just feel a certain way about this one that it's like you know you know how i feel (laughs) Uh, i i get what you mean about how being playing it back in the day and then playing it now you're just like it's an all right game that's most games i believe yeah like like i could play something older that i could play i've played doom and doom 2 and i thought for what for where it came from this was awesome and that's how i feel about this this game too but i have this whole thing where it's like this is something that this is the one case in all of video games where i've had to wait 16 years in between wanting to play something and finally playing it so it's just weird for me. I don't know. It's just one of those things where each gen. I, I understand, like, yes, old games aren't bad, but really think about it. Doom came out on, like, the PC. How yeah. many actual, like, 92 PC games do we actually play besides, like, Doom and a couple others? Yeah. Look at the NES. NES has thousands of games, but the only ones people talk about are, like, Zelda, Mario, Paper. Like, unless you grew up with that generation, there's not a lot of games that you know. Obviously, there will always be popular games on each system, but it's one of those things where either there's games that people just don't know, or there's games where you just had to have grown up in that time era in order to really appreciate it and like it. Yeah, and and I'm not, like, as you know, both of us can really go back to these older games and appreciate them. We've played Super Nintendo games, we've played N64 games. Um, Even going back to Metroid Prime is not difficult. It's just this feeling you get from waiting so long, and then you realize you've waited 16 years to play this game, but it is still a game from its time. So that is this is the only case I can think of where the way I feel about this, and it, I know it's like a mess of emotions. That this is the only t- this is the only game I can think of 
where this would happen. So it's it's just an interesting case that uh, that I was wondering. It's not a bad game by any uh, stretch. Um, it just has these sensibilities that I think I would have been more forgiving of as a kid, but only because I wanted to play it for 16 years. Hmm. Give me another shooter from 05 and I'll be like, yeah, this is a shooter from 05. This is just like, I don't know, it just came as a shock to me. Like, it is a shooter from 05, but I've wanted to play it for so long. And I can't think of anything else like that. I don't know. Is there any games you've come across that you've not gotten to play yet that are really old that you want to play still? <sighs> Objects of mysticism, we could call them. Mm, what is it? Donkey Kong Jungle Beat? The one with like Jungle the bongos? Yeah. yeah, that one's pretty good. I remember I wanted um, that as a kid. Yeah. So I, I can't help but feel like you might get to play that one day. And I've played it. And I can tell you, it's very, like, it's very 2007 or whenever it yeah. came out. So, but, like, I, I I struggle to think of any other game that I've waited this long to play. And I'm really glad they got it out on, on PS4. And I am going to buy a physical copy for Switch. But it's just one of those weird things, I think. So, this has just been running through my head all week. <laughs> I'm like, that's why I'm going to put it at the end of the podcast. <laughs> an essay <laughs> an entire essay i mean i don't know like i said i really do i really do stand by that there's some games you just have to have grown up because i don't think a game i like example is like sim city for the uh, super ah, nintendo yeah. if playing that now you'd rather just play the one of the new modern sim city games yeah. but that one is good but it's one of those if i were to play it now i would have not enjoyed it it's like we are receptive to older games we can tolerate yeah. them and I can tolerate Republic Commando. I, it's just it's just the mysticism element. It's like, oh, this is what I've been waiting for. I'm finally playing it. But it is still 2005 shooter. I, an example of those is like Resident Evil and Tomb Raider. Tank controls? Oh, absolutely. Any you game cannot with tank play controls. those to this day. Yeah. Like, imagine wanting to play Resident Evil 4 for years and then playing it on the GameCube and you've got tank controls you might feel similarly um thankfully there are modernized controls in in the uh ps4 ports and the switch ports and all that but that's a good example of like oh maybe you didn't get to play resident evil 4 back when it came out but you're getting to play it in 2021 but what's up with these tank controls (laughs) yeah it's one of those things product of the time yeah so the only other thing that I've been working on is Soulstorm, and I want to get a little further in that before I talk about it. Um, I will say it is slow. Not in the fact that the game is slow. It is just you need to take your time and really think through things in this game. It's not exactly what you'd get off of playing the first level, but uh, I will have some thoughts on it because I'm enjoying it cautiously. Mm. So that's... I, I, I'm hesitant to say I don't think you'd like it, but I would still give it a go at some point. Yeah, I still haven't played yeah. it yet. I'll give it, it a shot. It, it's definitely not what I was expecting, but that's because I haven't watched slash played a lot of Oddworld um, in the past. So, And then, of course, Yakuza Like a Dragon I've been really working my way through, but that's going to merit some more time because it's blowing my mind at every at every corner. <laughs> so, will that about wrap us up for this week then? Uh, I should wrap it up. Don't want to take it too long to go too long. Yep. All right. So, we'll be back next week as usual. It is going to probably be Soulstorm next week and whatever we're playing. Look, I might get uh that one game, the 400 day one maybe we'll talk about that if i get it um if yeah if when slash if <laughs> so like always guys thank you so much for listening please follow our twitter at markers on the map um i'd love it if you interacted with us and uh you can listen to us on apple Podcasts. please uh leave a review and rate us those really help us out and you can also listen on google Podcasts, spotify and podbean if you're inclined and then i guess there's there's not much left to say besides sega creators of nights into dreams and other games 
few little games here and there. Please re-release Sonic 3 and Knuckles with the original Ice Cap Zone music. You know, the one that comes after Carnival Night Zone, where Sonic starts on the snowboard. It's Ice Cap Zone music, please, Sega. Come on. <laughs> and that the real Baldur's Gate Dark Alliance was the friends we made along the way. So we'll see you next time. Bye. Later. Later.